I think the real intro is me asking Ian, hey, do you want to do the intro? <laughs> honestly, honestly, you should like put in like the NFL song um, that's like football, the football NFL. Oh, should I cue it right now? Banner, what, how does it go? Right, I'll kick it in right now in the record. It's like, Banner. nope, that's not how it goes. Johnny, how's it go? Emo fans, welcome to the second half of the Super Bowl of Emo. I'm Elder Emo, Johnny Wanzer, and with me today, we got Elder Emo, Connor Flanagan, and Elder Emo, Ian Yo, here's the deal, Johnny. You're a professional. Thank you so much for taking it over. It's great having a guest who is a professional, like content creator and knows how to actually say things correctly instead of screaming, which is what we kind of just go to. Um, when we don't know what to say. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a lot of special things planned for you all today. <laughs> oh, thank God. Like my first one. Have you guys seen this shirt yet? Fleetwood Mac. Does <laughs> they never break the chain? <laughs> <That's>... Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Fleetwood Mac uh, hard or uh, straight edge shirt. Fuck that's yeah. so sick. Yeah. So, you know, just is know there, that is that's. There, is, is there a back print? Like the, like a, like. Yeah. A it says live you show. Can go... Yeah, so it says you can go your own fucking way on the back, and there's a picture <laughs> of a knife. <laughs> okay, hell yeah. I might need That's two like... of those for my girlfriend and I. Yeah, I got. I think I got it from uh, Mess Syndicate. Dude, shout out to Mess Syndicate. Love meth, love syndicates. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? <laughs> um. All right, we're uh, next. We're 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 doing part two of uh, the Super Bowl of emo. We yeah. got 16 bands ready to go, and we got Johnny Wanzer here to, to help us with this bad boy. Yeah, and a little bit about me. So I'm 33, so I grew up in uh, a, a kind of a golden era of emo, you know, so like early 2000s when it was transforming from the underground to mainstream. So uh, I found myself in the 90s camp group and uh, was a very big gatekeeper uh, when I was a teenager. Um, so it's a little bit about me and my background in emo. I also was in screamo bands in the mid, uh, two thousands. Um, so we're, we're, uh, we're doing this because of the fact that we wanted to be more pretentious. So I'm, I'm really glad to have you on. And so you can really go back and dive back into that old, uh, teenage brain of yours where yeah. you're, we don't want, we don't want woke brain here. We don't want like nice brain and like inclusion. We want like 2006, my Chemical Romance is not emo, you F-slur. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> oh, I got it. And if this But, like, we can keep the slurs back. There we go. And if this background isn't Even... a forecast to that attitude, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Let's go. Even then, I was I was reading that the other day. I was like, shit, dude, we're even breaking the rules of that, of that old shit. We only got... We only have one. We got two of those bands up on here. We have the the real the real true emo bands. We're we got American football. American football isn't that's barely isn't real. Emo. Yeah, they're saying that Sunny Day real estate isn't real emo. And yeah, this, which is hilarious. It's like, like it's way too pretentious. <laughs> I think it's I think it's hard. I like that. 
because they like group in like mineral and stuff. Whoever made that. Do we think that this was a real person who said this? This is like some 4chan bullshit. That, yeah, um, but also I feel like half the 4chan bullshit was sometimes based out of reality with some weird incel. And there might have been like there could there has got to be a good yeah. chance that there's some freakazoid that just like truly felt this. But it could be fake. It could be a creepypasta. We're okay. So were you? So Johnny, you were on Tumblr. That's like how we all know each other. Is is the the Tumblr days? Were you on 4chan R music or not R music? What was it? Uh, slash M. Yeah, and I was also on B, and I was on that before Tumblr. So I I think I started on that like, oh eight. Yeah, I was yeah. I was on B in high school. That, yeah. Uh, uh, probably not good for my brain. I no. think that's how I became. Uh, that's why we're all like this. That's yeah. why we're all. Uh, yeah, we're all we're all soldiers. You know, we've seen war. Oh. We've seen people get DDoS and swatted in real time on 4chan. Yeah, I saw someone put shoe on head one time. It was crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I'm out. Wow, dude. Get out. Wow, of here. dude. I'm the Isn't old that head. like a whatever? Never mind. I'm gonna Google that real quick. Uh, so <laughs> you gotta Google shoe on head real about. quick. It's so oh, Ian, just to break it down well, for you. I know there's that chick shoe on head. You would just ask people to put shoe on their head, and they would just put a shoe on their head and take a take a picture. Yeah, oh. that's all that's it is. All it is. It's an old meme, oh. archaic, ancient oh. meme. Oh yeah, older than Rick Roll, older than most things. Rick yeah, Roll was around for a while. Like that oh, was yeah. that was like We're talking five. like YouTube poop days. Yeah, oh, dude. YTM and D days. You know, I forgot oh. about that shit. Absolute classic um, stuff. Yeah, if you ever want to talk about if uh, the early internet was punk, I'll, I'll come back <laughs> on for that because I have way too much knowledge. That would actually be fun. We should actually explore I think that. that's kind of a slam dunk episode, but you know, I think it's worth diving into. Well, I don't know. There was, it was fairly problematic. Um, that's true. That's true. So <laughs> there, have that You could issue. Like, buy a child, so I guess there's, there's some gray areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still going on. Dude, shout out. Or not. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> Negative shout out. Um, all right, so here we are. So, all right, you already gave your credentials, dude. That was going to be my next thing. Was like list your credentials. But Ian, what's you your credentials? Why are you here, dude? I was just on Tumblr, dude. I just I was on Tumblr. I got into emo that way. Uh, I went to some garage shows a lot. Uh, so that's also punk. I saw some screamo bands in a garage, which is the best way to experience this genre. Oh yeah. Um I saw a screamo band play in my friend's front yard one time at like two thirty in the afternoon. Um I saw that, one play at sucked. a rest stop once. That's incredible. <laughs> um I once read on Tumblr someone describing uh Screamo as uh watching five dudes sing the wrong lyrics in someone's kitchen, and I thought that was like the the funniest uh, way to describe <laughs> Screamo. Yeah, or I mean, emo. That, that definitely tracks. Yeah. yeah, especially like the gang vocal like sort of ones where it's just like like too like they're doing it too much. Yeah, or like where the the mic gets thrown down. Yeah, and then the guy runs into the crowd and grabs his two friends who are also singing along. I mean that <laughs> shit was cool. I fuck, I loved that. It goes there's hard. Probably, uh, there's probably I need to find some pictures. I need to like lurk MySpace and find some old pictures of me like singing along. They're all in- gone, dude. In a garage. Is it all gone? MySpace purge of 2016. It's all gone. There's a couple. Randomly, there's stuff still there, but it's you might have lost a lot. 
Most of the servers are gone. Yeah. Yeah. There's like three pictures left of me up there. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to 13 year old me wearing skeleton gloves, posing in the mirror with my so Virgin sick. Mobile slide cell phone. Okay. So we know what kind of emo kid you are. Dude, yeah. So he, I mean, he would, he I, once said that he got a swoop haircut, but it, Maybe. I mean, I've been had the swoop haircut. It's just pushed back now under my hat. <laughs> I mean, I guess you guys you are too. fucking sellouts because yeah. I have the emo cut yeah. right now. I was like, so. I have the same haircut as as Johnny. My hair is just pushed back. That's and not blonde. But like, I got into emo from watching Steven's Untitled Rock Show and seeing oh my God, yeah. "I'm Not Okay" by Michael Romance, being like, I like this. Going to school, getting called emo, googling it. And then finding like American football and like real emo that way and being like, huh, I also like this. Yeah, I think that makes you that like I put a lot of respect on your name for that one. I know. And then fast yeah, forward, no, I just got an Indian summer tattoo. So now I'm oh, really look cool. at that. Oh, well, Shout they out. didn't make your uh, your uh, list here. So we counted them more into like Screamo, we, I think. Yeah. So like we yeah, had they are more thing, screamo. the Screamo emo thing because like that would cause a whole mess of in between that's uh, a future uh maybe the world cup of screamo we could do but uh i mean that makes me want to transition into a little bonus segment that i uh planned for you all you know me i'm kind of weird uh and this is uh the oopsie whoopsies is it punk Uh, (laughs) so oopsie whoopsies uh, you forgot to include these staple emo albums in your running here. So, oopsie whoopsies <laughs> at the drive-in, relationship in command. Death Johnny Cap yelled cu- at me about this for so long yep. when I invited him on. <laughs> Death, Death Cab for Cutie, we have the facts and we're voting yes. Farraquette, the view from this tower. No knife, fire in the city of Automatons. Autom- um, Owls, self-titled. Weezer, Pinkerton. Um, hum, you'd prefer an astronaut. Q and not you, no beep no, or no kill, no beep beep. Drive like Jehu, yank crimes, minus the bear, highly refined pirates, and boys' life self-titled. Okay, so I do want to point out a couple things. One, uh, I think that Pinkerton, I, we had a like that's like I I don't even know if that's an emo like Weezer isn't an emo band. No, they're not. But, but. I could see that. I guess that album is, but like that was like that's why it was hard to include. It's yeah. so that, it's, that it's in the un- emo adjacent category, I think. It's unintentionally emo because what they tried to do was they try to rip off like uh, the Pixies in making that, mm-hmm. but it, it came off like a little more emotional. Like the the lyrics are very emo, and the way that it comes off are very, is very emo. Some of the guitar solos are, but yeah, it's like it's got that kind of like raw energy that a lot of 90s emo was bringing but it's definitely on the the outside (laughs) okay so also i i do what we did touch on drive like jehu but Mm -hmm. we felt that that was more like post-rock and like they're like they're like a proto they're like a post-rock band more so than like you mean like emo violence maybe post-rock drive like jehu yeah that shit's like that shit's like slint you know like that's like what like no you're thinking of a different band this dude band no i'm hard. not i don't know it's every it's like pretty jammy it's like i don't know they let that shit well, like, air out we, we definitely like, we Jehu? talked about jehu and then also like boys life where they were i think we we had them both on our uh list when we had like 80 and we were trying to get down to 32 yeah. and they like just missed the cut where we we were trying because we were trying to get everybody from like 80s bands up until we had a band that put a record out like two weeks ago 
So we were trying oh, wow. to we were trying to have like the whole gamut. So we couldn't just shove in every '90s band, unfortunately. And then I, yeah, and hum so, is like alt metal. Hum <laughs> is so hum is space rock. Yeah, but if you listen to like uh like missed the pl- uh she missed the train to mars i know outback yeah. counting stars that's emo and a lot of songs on that record are like proto emo yeah well, it, it sounds like it sounds like they could play a show with diary era sunny day real estate of and course like, yeah. it would be a fucking solid show i think i agree but then like there's also like the other bands that like i then like if we were including that there'd be like these other post hardcore bands that i think that would be like included like i think like sense yeah. field and shit like is really good and like but they're not emo and I think that's where, like, I think Hum is more just, like, this alternative rock that was, like, kind of on the emo-type wave. But I think well, that a lot of these bands also were on the alternative rock. Well, then you got board. bands like Jet to, Jets to Brazil in here, which yes. is, like, you know, like, yes, there's emo parts of it, but they're as emo as all these other bands we're talking about. Yeah, you're 100% right. You the are only correct. Thing is, we just like that band. Well, Connor argued for it. And the other thing is they are like emo royalty making this alternative rock album. So that's yeah. kind of where they, they get in there. But I, I mean, think I would have just kept Jawbreaker, but we we have yeah, Jawbreaker both. too. No, I know. I would have just I would have just been like, okay, Jawbreaker and then Jets the Brazil. I, I, I think I think you're definitely right. Um and then last one that I am gonna argue against uh is um what is oh oh at the drive-in like at the drive-in i guess is a pretty emo record but like i feel like they were just trying to rip off fugazi and accidentally sounded uh emo but intentionally they were just trying to be a uh like a post hardcore act i would say that they are most more so post hardcore with a lot of their more popular stuff but I even had this conversation with Connor and I sent him some stuff from in casino out yeah. and I'm like, dude, listen to this song and tell me it's not emo. Um, there is a, uh, surf video that, uh, my, uh, roommate watches all the time. And that guy loves emo in it. Like, it's just like the guy who made it and it is full of like cursive. And every other song is like cursive and it's at the drive-in cursive at the drive-in the blink 182 and stuff like that. So <laughs> I think 82 is funny. I think that tie together. <laughs> I think because they're all together in the one, I could see how that would be uh, an emo record. Um, yeah. I think I miss you by blink 182 is my favorite emo song. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a pretty good one. And then the other bands uh, like I'm you and not you, that. I think that that's a little too uh, for the heads than uh some of these other records and <laughs> uh you know they were hated when they when they first came out really yeah because they were doing the whole like dance emo thing and people yeah. were like you guys are fucking sellouts but little did they know a couple years later the whole shit was gonna fall everybody's dancing <laughs> yeah yeah it was gonna get a lot worse than q and not you uh honestly i only got into them in the last year that's like one of those things of like exploring the Discord back catalog and being like, oh yeah. shit, this band like fucking rocks. Yeah. As I found out from doing this pod, there's like a lot of bands, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Every man. time we talk about anything, I'm always like, fuck, I have to listen to that record more or I have to listen to this entire band's discography more. Oh, they have 10 releases. Okay. And then two weeks go by and then we have more. Well, I didn't mean to sidetrack you all, but. This has been Oopsie Whoopsies. Uh, And uh, back to the main show. Take it away, Connor. 
Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I love a little break segment, and so I'm so glad we didn't have to do any work on that, and that was just built in for us. So that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so do, do we want to get started? We want to start ripping into this before Ian's laptop Let's get dies? S- <laughs> <laughs> Let's get started. I'm definitely going to have to get to my phone later, but you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, just give <laughs> updates on occasion at what your percentage at. Where are you at now? Uh, 50... 50. Oh, we're good. Oh, we got this. All right. First up, we have uh fucking I'm trying to queue up my my little stupid things for myself. Here we go. Christy Front Drive self-titled versus Knapsack. This conversation is ending starting now. Um okay, so initial thoughts. Let's go with that. Uh Johnny, what's your relationship with either of these records? Um, so I'm new to knapsack. Uh, I like knew of them, but I never got into them when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, but Christy front drive was definitely one of my, like in my heyday emo records. Like this was a go-to, they have a couple of like classic emo bangers that you could definitely be like this influenced, like this band that influenced a lot. So mm-hmm. I feel like this is, uh, an emo, an emo band that everybody likes not okay so like imagine a very influential emo band right this is their favorite band it's not they're not necessarily like the best but yeah they're great um i i was uh so i to be honest the reason why we're doing this is because me and connor were talking about knapsack um but like Christy Front Drive is something I actually hadn't had really dove into until this project, um, at which point I listened to it a couple times. And honestly, I think I know what you mean by that. Like, they're, like I think everyone from the 90s is like, yo, Christy Front Drive. If they were like in the scene at the time, they're like, that's like one of the bands. But listening to it now, I'm like, they're I'm like, they're fine. They're a good representative representation of the scene at the time. But like, they're not hitting as hard as some of these other uh some other 90s emo bands hit so we're we're gonna talk about uh mineral the power of failing in a minute but what Mm -hmm. i find really funny is so this records album art and that mineral record are the exact same color scheme and Mm -hmm. this sounds like a less good version of that record to me and they Uh were released in the same year yeah and so that's that's my relationship with Christy Front Drive is like when I got started getting into like old emo, uh, probably around like, oh six to like twenty ten, like in that era, um, and I was going back and listening to all these old bands. When I came across Christy, I was like, oh, this is just like less good Mineral. I'm fine with Mineral. Um, yeah, yeah. My thoughts. It's it's an important album, and it's important because it's like if you wanted to define like what 90s emo is like to the to like a bare minimum without any frills like you know like cursive doing rock opera shit to it whatever yeah without any frills i'd be like check out christy front drive that is like base level emo and work your way up it's a good starting point i because its it's downsides are it's repetitive and it's slow so slow (laughs) i almost Um, fell asleep before (laughs) but what would i rate this i like it whoa green light (laughs) look at that um and then so if you're putting them up against each other as we are doing here um well okay so knapsack what do you what do you think about knapsack so knapsack uh 
you know, I started listening to it and I think that they have a little bit more going for them than Christy front drive. And that was only a year later. Um, I think knapsack is a more streamlined jets to Brazil. Hmm. I will like, yeah. Yeah. Cause like Jets to Brazil is like trying all these different ideas out and like exploring. And I feel like knapsack is like, okay, all of this is cool. I'm going to make this into a refined album. That is very easy to listen to. Yeah, I think that uh, Knapsack, especially their older stuff, is like Jawbreaker worship. Yeah. Like 100%. And then with this, I think this album is where they kind of take it. They start exploring more, but it's also because they're so influenced by like uh, a Blake uh Schwartz and Bach. I forget his, how to say his last name. That I think <laughs> that it just ended up really being like, like Jets to Brazili. And just because it's just like they're pulling from the same uh deck or something so i yeah i i think they are still like a very more true emo band than like i mean like i know we're gonna talk about just brazil and how we talked just now that just brazil isn't like a true uh almost not even a true emo band but yeah. i think that nat sack is still you could even i think they're a true emo band that's why i said it was more streamlined it's way more like emo and they take the good things that jets to brazil kind of like explored and found and like put it into the sound a lot better so i'm gonna say i like it Whoa, <laughs> two likes uh, all right should we should we vote yeah i mean well i my my little two bits about knapsack is i completely agree with everything you said <laughs> um that's really it um i, yeah. I like the, their record before this a little better uh day three of my new life but this is also still a slapping record and i'm gonna vote for knapsack on this one um i'm gonna be i also gotta be honest that knapsack was one of my early early emo like true real emo dive-ins like i would knew that i was supposed to like real emo and i heard like uh sunny day and then like early jimmy world and then someone was like oh you gotta listen to knapsack and i listened to knapsack and i was like oh shit this is the cool list shit but Ian, so, didn't you like only listen to this record of knapsacks for like the longest yeah, time i never explored their other records and either, i only until... listened to the record before this one for like my entire life <laughs> yeah i goes. only explored this record and it's so good and uh i like it better than christy front drive on listen i i do agree that christy front drive is almost like the perfect emo sound like the most bass level i think you're right it's kind of like how like if you were to strip down like it's a starter hardcore you would probably just be like oh minor threat you know what i mean uh and but i the knapsack records is fucking good i'm going knapsack yeah for me uh christy front drive has a couple of classic bangers that definitely i hold on to for nostalgia purposes but uh comparing them musically and where they're at they're only a year apart and knapsack is doing way more than chris uh than christy front drive my vote, surprisingly, gonna go for knapsack. So wow, there you go. slam dunk three for three. I can't knapsack. believe this happened, guys. Mm-hmm. We got the first one down. All right, next up, we have High Tide Hotel. Nothing was missing except me versus Taking Back Sundays. Tell all your friends. This is such a messy comparison. <laughs> <laughs> this is so for me. Ridiculous. This is like very, very crazy because Take Back Sunday, hometown heroes. You know, like 
emo kid growing up like as a teenager in the mid 2000s on Long Island taking back Sunday obviously fucking loved this record and played all the time um but this high tide hotel record is like one of my personal like all-time favorite records um so in my heart tough conversation guys yeah and also like what are your okay johnny what are your thoughts on this taking back sunday record being on this list yeah (laughs) um so this record definitely is a uh, a turning point for the band and a turning point for the genre to to really say that because it's like it it's where things start getting flanderized in the genre and if you're not familiar with that term it's it's kind of like when you have like if you're watching like a sitcom show and there's characters that like do certain things and then they just keep focusing on that one characteristic until it's really fucking annoying um so what i mean by that is the vocals started getting more emotive and more ridiculous. But with that said, I think this album definitely deserves to be on here because even though I would count this as the beginning of like mainstream commercial uh, stuff, and it is a a staple point album to help it get into the mainstream. um, It is still an emo album. It is still a real emo album. Like as ridiculous as the dude's vocals are, there are some fucking bangers on this it is super catchy it is consistent all the way through um you're so last summer come on it's really good it it is a good record it's one that i slept on when i was an old head back in the when i was a gatekeeper (laughs) back in the old days but yeah um i revisited it uh when i got a little bit older and it it is good it is it it deserves to be on this list like if we went to high school together johnny i i like it (laughs) <laughs> I definitely would have been the junior high kid like playing this, having a real good time. And you'd be like a sophomore being like, this fucking loser. I'd be like, yo, <laughs> listen, real emo consists of. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, no, I like that too. <laughs> um, Yeah. I, uh, so when I was in like middle school, when this dropped, I was a fan. And then I got to, I got into like punk and shit like that. And I took a step mm-hmm. out and then I got back in when I was older and I was like, Damn, this shit is when you were on Tumblr and all the hot girls liked pop punk. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And well, I don't know. I just re-explored the stuff that I used to like. And I was like, dude, this is so good. And I think that like it is that like bridging gap between the two eras. Or if you were to say like if like they are they were a band that was like taking from the old stuff and then kind of just making this. And I guess your flannerization is is true because on listen re-listen like recently like in the last couple days i was like oh yeah the voice the vocals are pretty yeah pretty brutal it's like thursday on crack yeah Yeah. and um it's but like it's really good and it was actually like a really important record for me because it it probably is the reason why i was able to explore emo later because i liked it so much in middle school that when i got older i was like i at least i knew kind of I, yeah. I was interested in like weirder, not weirder sounding stuff, but not straightforward hardcore stuff that I was like focused in on when I was uh, in like ninth grade or whatever. Yeah. Um, and as, as yeah. much as us gatekeeping old heads, like might like hate this band or because of what they have done, like we wouldn't have the, when we were young fest, if it wasn't for <laughs> this band and a few other ones really changing Shout the out. landscape. Shout and out to like, live nation. I hate I hate what the landscape turned into like in 2005 2006 with emo but like 
it wouldn't have happened without them. And I'm, I still recognize that that's important. So now talking about gatekeeping, mm-hmm. we got to get into the twinkle daddies, uh, with high tide hotel. <laughs> yeah. Johnny, how do you feel? I hate this band. <laughs> they are not good. <laughs> Why do I hate this band? Um, okay. So in like 2006, 2007, Cap and Jazz like got their second wind. And so we had a bunch of these fucking noodle core bands come out of the woodwork because math rock was popular too. So the big one that came out of it, and we're going to talk about later, is Algernon Cadwallader, mm-hmm. which I think they did a pretty good job at like, ref- like, being like hey what would cap and jazz sound like if it was these days and mm-hmm. and like that's cool and then a ton of fucking shit bands came from that just like noodle core and it just took over the fucking like underground genre and at that point with me i was like i fucking hate this like <laughs> i like the noodles but like it is too much everybody's sounding like this and then i'm listening to this band and it's like 2011 and they're still doing it. And I'm like, fuck that. The other thing that I don't like about this is the recording quality on this album varies. So like, I don't give a shit if you are like, if it's like a full discography of your collection or like you recorded this on a tape thing. But the fact that they have some that are so like low quality and then some that are high quality for like just an album, if we're viewing it like that, that is shit. Like I want to consistent listen all the way through or know that I'm listening to your fucking demos, you know? I say there is like, I think two straight up demos on this. Yeah. Like only two. And I I know what you mean that it is like, it does jump around. I remember that's what my issue was when I was uh, first getting into them, that it was like, it didn't have the cohesive record sound that I like. uh, and, And I like twinkly stuff and like, this didn't have that kind of feeling uh but yeah Yeah. for me i counted three different recording um qualities when i was listening to this and also the last thing that i'll say is this is a poor man's algernon which is a poor man's cap and jazz hell (laughs) Um, (laughs) so jumping in real quick like we were talking yesterday or i guess last episode um and it wasn't yesterday but about about like twinkly emo and i had a different point of view that twinkly emo had its heyday in 2011 2012 Mm -hmm. and like i know that's like i thought that's when it started like getting really big like you had the i thought it was like these bands like i think uh like snowing and algernon were like the early bands and like that band grown-ups if you ever fuck yeah. that band grown-ups it like i thought that was like the early days but i guess it makes sense that you were in the scene and it was like everyone started playing in 2007 2008 just started yeah and and johnny's but, three years older than us and you only care about twinkle music when you're between the ages of 17 and 22 so yeah i mean the the problem with it is it's it's cool and impressive but it gets really repetitive really quickly and everything just kind of fucking sounds the same. And yeah, I want to say like the Twinkle Core stuff really started picking up in like 08, 09 from what I remember. Yeah. Um, and by, I mean, by 2011, I was way, I was out of emo. But yeah, uh, yeah just like looking at this, I'm like, it, yeah, I don't know. And I, you got, you got to know that genres also last about five years too before yeah, they yeah. morph. So yeah. And it's still like today, like if you go into like our emo, it's like everyone is like, everyone's like oh check out my emo riff and everyone is just noodling like crazy um 
I will say this is their this is High Tide Tales' first record, and so it's like their first real like effort at putting an LP together. And the next two they put out definitely sound more concise. But mm-hmm. I personally like this one because it hits such a perfect moment for me in 2011, being a sad boy little dork ass and being like, oh, these noodles are great, and I'm sad about girls. And I only like <laughs> like three noodly bands, which is why this is like one that I like because it was probably one of the first I heard. Where then, like, Grown Ups and Algernon are kind of probably the only other two. Yeah, I just, I think the Kinsellas did it better, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. Or 10 years prior to these guys. Or, and then yeah, I also, more. Like, yeah, and I also, like, I like noodle stuff, definitely. But I'm more of, like, a, like, Kinsella brother or, like, off minor sort of noodle and shit. It's I that, like that old stuff. head shit. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, we what are we doing Captain, here? We didn't put Captain Jazz through, huh? No, Cap and Jazz lost in the first round. <laughs> I know. So there's no way that this band can win. Um, Ooh, I don't know. Let's see. Johnny, what's your vote? Uh, taking Back Sunday very easily. This is so crazy. Uh, Ian, what's your vote? Um, honestly, I was coming in here kind of like on the border, and I didn't really know what I was going with. After this discussion, I'm with Johnny. He kind of convinced me coming into this. Um, I, I think that like this record is fine. There's some hits. Where's Walden Bangs? But uh, I think if we're going like influence slash what I've listened to more often in my life and jammed out on, I would say take no it back contest. Sunday. No I contest. got for a vote on High Tide Hotel, but it's two to one. I lose. Hey, you know what, Connor? We appreciate you over here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a green background just oh. for you though. That's a great. That's like, what do I think of Connor? I like. It. He likes me. There we go. All right, here we go. Round number three. <laughs> Minerals, right. the power of failing versus basement. I wish I could stay here. Um, I think this is another kind of wacky comparison bands. So um, insane. What's even crazier is I've seen both of these bands live. So I, have, I haven't I got real takes. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen base. No, I haven't seen mineral. Um, but like I want to say just come out the front. Both of these bands were like, I was big into uh i have had like just like you know kind of those things where like a couple months where i'm just throwing it on every time i get in my car and listen to both of these records at one point in my life so i really i really fuck with this shit i want to know what johnny thinks about basement i feel like he doesn't hate it so when it comes to basement i liked this record oh let's go (laughs) yeah um so what did i write i wrote this is a solid revival representation of late college rock 90s emo all the tracks feed into one another really well so like i never knew when the actual tracks switched and i thought that was really cool um and it's really catchy and it's the right length uh but yeah it it, it's reminiscent of the stuff that came after like right after mineral like one year later when um emo started getting more like like cut blah 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 before like the jimmy world's taking back sunday stuff more yeah. uh trying to think of a band like mock orange or like no knife era of yeah. uh of emo um and yeah i liked it and like th- there are some modern uh production stuff into it too but it, it really is like a love letter to that era but but not like bastardizing it, it like they're not and I, I'm sorry to say this. They're not doing the high tie hotel thing to cap and jazz. They're doing like 
we like a bunch of the this era and like we're gonna just like try to build upon that so i really like this record and i think there's like modern influences too into it which also makes it special yeah. like it's it's like they were they're throwing in some of like the modern pop punk stuff that was going in on the time but it wasn't it didn't sound like a modern pop punk record it sounded like an emo record but it had it could draw the pop punk kids into it because of how like you know based on the catchiness and like kind of like the fast like the fast like hardcore type parts and stuff like that that kind of uh made it uh well because they're also they're like hardcore dudes playing an emo band so then it comes across a little pop punky so it's like it's like what early emo was which was hardcore bands trying to chill out a little bit and get sad yeah and and this is basement's first record too so like how they evolve after this is so interesting and and cool um but this mineral record is yeah an all-timer it is yeah i mean so me you know the whole thing uh do i like it yes i do green (laughs) classic um I wrote, this is a defining album of the late 90s emo sound. It's right in the middle of like everything that happened in it. But like it, the thing that it pioneers is a lot of emo before this was very slow and it pioneers like a more like a faster uh, guitar or tempo and switches with the melodic emo sound. And it's what, and, and, and that would like, kind of become more popular and refined with other bands going forward. But if people wanted more sunny day, real estate, sunny day, real estate diary influenced emo with more dynamics, they got it with this record. Yeah. Gloria. If I could classics parking lot, that fucking like guitar fucking. And then you cry. It's great. Yeah. (laughs) I also think that it's kind of like, it's, sloppier in like a good way yeah. like it's like yeah. it it has like a it feels kind of punk like even though it's kind of like this like definitely like this you know rock um not rock but it's like this emo record but it it feels like you could definitely show it to a punk an open-minded punk rocker and they would be into it because of the sloppiness that like it has in it that's um, yeah that's because it feels like it's it's trying to explore new grounds and yeah it's in the genre it, and it's youthful like it's like definitely you can tell it's like uh dudes like ha- like exploring shit and having like i don't know not having fun but like <laughs> like um well they're like getting it, after it feels it. punk yeah yeah i mean i'll say so from having seen both these bands live um so when i saw basement i think it was probably one of my i would say at least top five uh sets i've ever seen live when i saw basement like it was a huge crowd everybody sang every single song and it was like it was just like the most fun time like the entire 45 minutes. And when I saw Mineral, I think it was the worst live set I've ever seen in my whole oh, life. Oh, well, those, what were those guys like 20 years older now? Yeah, it was like in 2016. It was like when they first reunited in some bar in Chicago. And they played fine, but nobody got, was into it. Like every, it's everybody's like 40 listening to it. Yeah. And like, it was the most uncomfortable show I'd ever been to. And I was so bummed, but, um, so that's one negative. Um, another negative to mineral. I mean, Ian knows where I'm going. I know where you're going with this. There's a little too much Jesus in this fucking record for me. <laughs> Just a little fucking too really? much. Really? <laughs> okay. They're, they are a full on 
Christian band. Yeah, I didn't know that. Just, you know, right you know, under the covers, uh, just hiding out, just worshiping, preaching the gospel. I, um, I do want to campaign a, like <laughs> that Jesus is what emo? makes it special about like why oh, that's okay. special. I will. Okay. So like most, okay. Especially in the nineties, like Christian, like hardcore bands were straight up attempting to write like worship music with like, but hardcore. And this isn't trying to write worship music. This is like writing an emo record, but then also being like talking to God, having reference of God inside of it. And I think that like, and it's like, so a guy like struggling with emotions, but then being like, but like trying to like keep having positivity towards like, because of God. And I think that that's uh, kind of what makes it interesting and cool. Like, even if you don't like Christian music, it's not a worship album. It's like a... It's I, see, just, I know what you're saying. But, it has yeah. Christian elements to it. Um, I'm going to vote for Basement. Throwing it down. Ooh. Throwing down the flag. I'm throwing down the gauntlet. I'm thinking oh. Basement. Because they... like. I mean, like Johnny, you said, they are perfect homage band and they're extremely accessible. So like you yeah. can play this for anybody today and they're, they're going to like it. Yeah. Um, the things that I'll say before you give your vote, Ian, uh, my downsides mineral <gasps> can be a little repetitive mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a little too slow, mm-hmm. but like I said, they were, they were trailblazing at the time. Uh, basement, uh, the only negative that I have is they don't really do anything new for the genre that I haven't heard before, you know? So like it is an homage and that, and maybe they do stuff with later records, but this record, it's not doing anything new. It's just like, it's just fine. Yeah. Shit. Damn. I like, honestly, this is hard for me. This is a hard I, one. Yeah. I think that honestly, like oh, this then, hold is really on. difficult. Ian, don't vote. Don't vote. Johnny, I want okay. you to vote first. <laughs> you want me to vote? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to make it really interesting. I know. That's why I want you to vote right now. Um, I, I really want to vote for Basement. I think they're good. Yeah. But I like I, like viewing. <laughs> I like them the same amount. But but what sets it apart for me is viewing the importance of this Mineral album. Mm. Um, and, and also, like, you know, I listened to them when I was younger. But I'm, I swear to God, that is not like influencing this. It is base. It's mainly its influence because it went on to influence a ton of people for 10, 15, 20 years. So my vote, it's just slightly above basement. I'm going for mineral. This is what I love. Ian, what's Gosh, it going to okay. be, baby? So you're sending me into the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You're, so yeah. this is a hard pair up. Here's here's my struggle, um, and I think you kind of touched on this. Uh, this is like a quintessential '90s emo record, and I think like the best, the cream of the crop of '90s emo uh, that came out. It, you're like, and it really hits. Like when you have that right moment, it's like fucking. It's like it's big, and you're feeling it, and you're driving like if you're ever around driving your car in the rain with parking lot playing. Or yeah. Gloria, dude, you want to yeah. get fucking hyped up. Dude, especially when you're 20, like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Some girl hasn't Um, answered your text in, like, five minutes. (laughs) And you're a straight white male. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, like, and then this basement record, like, this was, like, big for 
for me and then like even seeing it live now and just seeing that how much everyone has loved it and just seeing that like it's like a full-blown like modern classic like and they're they've kind of been around for 10 years i guess this record came out like 10 10 plus years ago 11 yeah 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 2011 and it was like and seeing them live in 2019 and just seeing everyone go nuts to it and just realizing how big and kind of like important this band was i realized how much more they have and shit i think so many words ian i know i think i'm going for basement based oh. around the fact that it is a personal what i listen to every day i would probably throw on basement a little bit more often than i would throw on mineral and i think just Fair. because it has the more driving uh aspect of it and sometimes i kind of want to go fast and mineral doesn't touch on that much um yeah sadly the the basement album i could put on and listen all the way through and have yeah. like a really solid good time the mineral one is a little bit harder to do that but i also like the mineral albums like i'm Top really tier. sad you know yeah. and this but, this is really a like, hard vote yeah the also thing about emo is like emo is kind of hard to listen to and mineral represents that too, yeah. you know? And like basement could be like, considered like easy listening in comparison to uh, <laughs> mineral, but like it, it, it's, it's good. And there's a reason, there's a reason why it's so easy to listen to is because it's just like, it's catchy. Yeah. It, uh, and it's, it's, you can sing along to it like crazy. Um, so there it big, is big ups to, Pick up to that. Before we yeah. get into uh, the fourth section here, uh, I want to, uh, Ian, little battery check. Where are we looking at? Uh, we are at 30. We're at 26. Whoa. Um, let's go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're probably going to have to head out. Um, Hard edit. So section four 24 hour revenge therapy by Jawbreaker versus the ugly organ by Cursive. Um, this is a matchup. Um, I never listened to Cursive prior to this week. Ooh, <laughs> I thought that was crazy. How, how did you feel about it? Um, I thought it was fine, <laughs> <laughs> which I know is a crazy take because every every person I know that likes emo likes Cursive, and every list I've ever seen. That this record is usually in the top fifteen. If it's like a, a hundred or fifties or whatever, it's like ranked pretty high. And I know a lot of people like it. And it's just one of those bands that I just like never got around to listening to for whatever reason. And then I just listened to it today. And I wish I was in an opera mood because I probably would have liked it <laughs> a lot more. Because um, you said before, I think you said before we were talking about like in the first round that they got all they're crazy and operatic with it mm -hmm. and uh yeah just i don't know maybe maybe next time i'm in a sufjan stevens vibe and i'm starting to fall out of it i'll throw this record on and maybe it'll it'll catch me right <laughs> i think it's a little it's definitely different than that like it's, it's not like it's way different well no it's different that. than that but it's like i can glide out of my sufjan mode into this one and get a little harder you know you know what i think you need to do you need to listen to the murderer first okay. that's like that is the entry uh, album for cursive. cursive because sure. that's that is just straight that's their straight emo album so i was gonna my i had that suggestion of like we do that record um but i was like you know what this is like the cursive record 
So I was like, and I was like, we have to kind of give a play to like when emo gets weird. And so like, that's why I kind of like, no, we this decided is an to go emo with, album. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I went with the ugly organ. Cause it's like, this is an emo record that is experimenting with uh, what else they can kind of do within the genre besides just writing uh, sad songs about girls. They I did like how weird a, it was. A, yeah a weird story of what's it it's like it's about writing music isn't it it's just about like an artist yeah it's about himself yeah yeah um, and it the cover kind of looks like it's got boobs on it yeah so that's kind of it, cool it's an ugly organ yeah are you johnny a big fan of this record i love this record <laughs> this is one of my favorite emo records wow um, when this came out I was into music. And so I liked The Martyrer. And The Martyrer is a fantastic emo record. It's also one of my favorite emo records because what, what you'll discover when you're listening to it is it's fucking weird, but it is still emo to its core. And it's so good and catchy. They do the math emo shit correctly. Um, but yeah, this hit and it was a huge fucking deal when it did because it, it what it does is it takes emo, right? But it introduces a rock opera orchestra, like sort of glam and a theme aspect to it. And it was a bridge to indie rock or and vice versa. So a lot of kids that were into indie rock and not necessarily emo got into this record and liked this record. And it was just like, it is in the fact that it's high concept and it's done and there's barely any misses on this record. It is just like, hit song after hit song after fucking banger the whole thing is consistent um yeah and it's just it's it's fucking phenomenal and it's my favorite record on this entire list wow that's okay this is gonna be crazy so ian i know i know how you feel about jawbreaker I yeah this. we've discussed jawbreaker over the last decade that we've known each other johnny what's jawbreaker like to you how you how you feeling I thought it was funny that you included this record and not Dear You. Because Dear, Dear no. You is too obvious. <laughs> Dear You no, is not too is, obvious. Dear You is objectively better for Jawbreaker because this record that you included on here sounds like a fucking Jets to Brazil album. You know what I'm saying? You you think so? Yeah, it's more Jets to Brazil than Jawbreaker because mm. it's if you were like, hey. How do we get, how did we get from Jawbreaker to Jets to Brazil? I would put this record in between and be like, listen to this. This is how it happened. We were kind of talking about, and I was listening to this record earlier and I was yeah. thinking about the concept of like, you know, um, transition records yeah. um, from like the old sound to the, to the new sound that the band does. And I think that this is Jawbreaker's transition album. Yeah. Uh, like, and especially because you take the stuff they were doing before they hit this and then this takes you into Dear You, but that also makes sense. It also is kind of taking you into uh, what's to be done with Jess Brazil. But I think yeah. this is a, a more stripped down uh, album than any Jess Brazil album. Yeah, like this, it's 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 like punk. I was yeah. actually listening to it. I'm yeah, like, it's oh, pop, shit, I it is '90s pop punk. Yeah, I mean, there but there's like you know the slower songs and the, like the more like and yeah. uh, it's very like emotional and almost like over dramatic at times yeah uh and i don't know i think i think it's their best record 
Yeah, I view it more as a rock album than yeah. an emo album. Yeah, it definitely really? hits that a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, when I listened back to it uh, earlier today, actually, I was listening back to it, and I was sitting there thinking, like, huh, why did we pick this one? Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's yeah. there are emo parts to it. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. But like, I would have made the argument that you guys made for all my whoopsie doopsies mm. um, with this record. And I probably would have put Dear You in instead of this if we were trying to go for like more emo, I guess. But I like with Jawbreaker, I view them as a pop punk band, like early yeah. 90s pop punk yeah, when yeah, it was yeah. still raw and like they were figuring it out. Um, so I, but I, with, I, I yeah, I think they're this, I think they're a proto emo album. Like, sure. I think that this is the transit, like, they're, I think emo bands basically heard like the old discord uh shit that was like the revolution summer stuff and then this record and i think that that's what creates like that that blend of it can't emo this is like 93 so it's yeah. like kind of right before the big emo uh yeah. everyone starts dropping shit which is like what like 96 or so Mm-hmm. yeah like definitely this is when emo is trying to find its footing like it said like this was released 94 recorded may to august of 93 at least according to fine folks at wikipedia and uh and, yeah. it's the perfect timing because like you have like indian summer doing their thing at this time this going on like jimmy world i think formed in 94 and like all that shit was everyone's trying to figure out exactly what they're doing and like you said 96 yeah. was when every, like the emo quote-unquote sound i feel like started to like exist yeah like the the proper melodic second wave sound yeah um do i like this record Ooh. i don't damn Ooh. i think it, i think there are some select tracks on it that i do like but trying to listen to it all the way through um i just wanted to put on dear you the whole time johnny this is exactly what i felt earlier when i was listening to it i like i would put i put it on skip skip listen to boxcar skip yep. skip that's listen a good to song condition oakland ache mm-hmm. do you still hate me skip skip jinx removing turn it off yeah because <laughs> if we're talking Dude. about albums that yeah. i want to i want to like the whole thing see i do like the whole thing i think yeah. every song in here bangs like i think that like um and i think it's like it is like raw and mm-hmm. like energetic but then also has like the like it has like the pop punk parts they're like the, yeah. the total like um just total gilman type scene parts but then it also has like the the emo parts with like like ashtray monument i think is mm-hmm. like an insane song and yeah. uh like probably one of my top favorite jawbreaker songs in yeah. general um let me look at the it, you like i said it has its moments and i don't hate it yeah but it's nothing that i would ever go out of my way to put on johnny would you say you maybe should have done a yellow light for this record yeah i could have done like a i mean <laughs> this is kind of yellow i could have done yeah. a yellow light. i could have just maybe i should have did my like you know uh this is my lukewarm yeah or, yeah. or something yeah. yeah maybe i should have did a yellow light because yeah. that's in between think, green and red yeah i mean to keep talking about it i know but i think like this is sure. the jawbreaker mm. record like i think that this if you were to be like what does jawbreaker sound like i would say this album because I would say people were you. pissed well no people <laughs> were pissed with dear you it doesn't represent their like it was the last thing they released so it's like not like what they were doing most yeah. of the time versus well, it's, like it's their black album 
Yeah. I think that like yeah. pre Dear You, I don't really like any of the full Jawbreaker records. I like bits and parts and then I like all of Dear You. And all the songs that I like pre Dear You, I think sound like Dear You songs. Yeah. I yeah. guess I'm I'm looking at the track listening to Dear You and you know what? I don't there's not an song on here I don't uh think has a moment that I'm like this is the best band in the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude shout out so and so to stop us from talking about this for another 45 minutes yeah <laughs> cursive oh yeah by far I thought I knew what Johnny was picking um by far I, I you know I'm gonna pick cursive too um which is crazy I came into this saying oh I'm gonna pick Jawbreaker, uh, but here we are. I'm picking Cursive. Yeah, yeah. I also, and like, dude, yeah. no hate to Jawbreaker. I like Not Jawbreaker. At all. Me too. So, I think they're supposed um, to be playing some new shows this year. Maybe trying to go. Yeah, get they're COVID. doing a dear you, dear dear you thing. You put Jawbreaker on the on the. Oopsies. Um, I want. I do want to say I have a. I have a correction for Johnny real quick. Okay. Uh, it's it's actually called Domestica and not the Martyr. The Martyr. Oh the, yeah, Domestica. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The the Martyr. The Martyr is, is the fucking is the the, the tits on that fucking <laughs> track though. Yeah. Like, uh, if you yeah. listen to that song, you'll be like, I've never heard a song that sounds like this. Yeah. Um. I think. Uh. Definitely listen to that record, Connor. Like I yeah. think. I think okay. you'd be into it. It's pretty cool. It's like also kind of like a mature emo record, if that oh. makes sense. Yeah, like, I'm almost thirty, so. Yeah, I think I think it'll hit. It's about a divorce. Like it's not about a break. It's Dude. about a divorce. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> it's, and it's unique too. It's, yeah, it's it's a very unique emo record. Like no one sounds like Cursed. Hmm. Yeah. Do you yeah. like their other stuff? I mean, not to. I know we probably have other things to talk about. But... Uh, yeah, only well... their eight bands, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind the EP in between that and Ugly Organ, but everything after, um, all the brass shit sucked. Um, yeah. And then there are a few later albums that I thought were okay. But Wait, like, so they have a bunch of like horns. I would and never stuff? listen to them again. Yeah. So like I'm after Ugly like Organ, that. they fell off. Uh, no, it's not good. Yeah, I know. You also didn't like High Tide, and I did so. <laughs> <laughs> that's true i don't think you'll like this though it's very it's like if they took emo and swing and made I, it okay that sounds thing. that it's, sounds rough. it's bad it was like the worst follow-up ever and people were so let down section five do you know who you are by texas is the reason this is a fucking easy one versus america football lp1 johnny if it's so goddamn easy. Let's talk about Texas is the reason. Let's talk about one of Connor's favorite bands. Let's go. This album, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Texas is the reason is fine. This is what I wrote. Uh, you know, for positives, they feel like an updated and refined mineral, you know? It feels like they were like, okay, we like mineral. Like, let's make that better and like do some cool core changes. Okay. But it is really repetitive. Um, like going through the track list, most of the songs are in the same key, which sucks. And, and so like, I hate it when stuff's like that and it's not good. When you were saying um, before about basement, how like you didn't know when the songs would end and the next one would start, but like in a good way. That was different. Sometimes when I listen to this record, that does happen, and I go, fuck, wait, where am I? 
Yeah, but it's totally different with basement because yeah. basement they have like these stops in the songs, and so and, and like it, it feeds really well. It's a, there's transitions. It's not there's just transition. like the same same over and over again. Yeah. Um. I I also wrote bands like Knapsack, No Knife, and Mock Orange did this genre, uh, did more for the genre a uh, a year or two later than Texas is the reason. Yeah, because they were like ninety seven. This record, right? um 96 96 okay so i will give them i will give them props for doing this sound first early early first ish yeah and first ish yeah um so i do give them props for that uh yeah so i guess they were they were like kind of a more streamlined mineral but not as like uh expansive in my opinion um so when you when I was talking to Connor about this and I was like, you know what? Texas, the reason has never hit with me. And it's always, everyone's like, band. they throw out like, Oh, you know, oh, like, I thought you listen. liked this band. No, like I'm, I'm like, I'm like fine with it. <laughs> oh, you were fucking with me, Connor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's Connor's <laughs> favorite band. It's Connor's favorite band. Not, not my favorite. Oh band. shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, but like, yeah, it's never, it's never spoken to me. Like, and I think I never knew what it was because I'm not musically inclined. But the <laughs> fact that it is in the same key is probably the reason why, because it just all just sounded kind of the same. And I'm listening back. I was like, okay, there's some tracks. Like, I think that back into the left is a track. Like, I think yeah, that's, that's a good one. That hits. Um, and I think the fact that they were on Revelation is probably the reason why they're kind of more well-regarded because yeah. they were like the weird band on the hardcore record. Label. And I'll give them props for that too. That's pretty cool. And I also give them props for naming themselves after a, a Misfits lyric. Like, that's really fucking sick to me. Like, I've cool. always wanted to like them because of the fact that they're, it's like also one of my favorite Misfits songs. So, like, I just always yeah. thought that was really cool. But um, yeah, I, I just, it's, I was hoping that on this experiment, I'd be like, oh, this is like my favorite shit. And I, I just to like it too. I came out of it being like, oh, it's just, I, I still feel the same way. Like, it has, it, there's, a couple tracks uh but for the most part it's uh i probably wouldn't have recognized that if i wasn't sitting around focusing trying to uh make myself enjoy it yeah yeah and i definitely i definitely agree with you guys where uh the whole record itself sounds kind of the same um but for me personally i think like the songs that hit like hit um like a jackal when i is so good mm -hmm. uh bag the left's great johnny in the spot's great and I've seen them live twice um, when they did their reunions, um, I think in 2012 or 2013 or something like that. And then like a little bit later in like 2016 or something like that. And both times were phenomenal, like mm. phenomenal, like so good. And like the first time I saw them, I saw on, on the Might of Princes first and then oh, them right after. Band. And that was just like such a crazy like hour and a half for me. Um, but like. I, I do know exactly what you're saying, and per, perhaps I don't, maybe this is an accidental shot at the band, but I don't yes. know fucking shit about music, so <laughs> it doesn't hit me my ears bad when it all kind of sounds the same. I'm kind of like, yeah. I like this. I like the whole 45 minutes. It's all the, fine. The like the thing that I don't like about that is like nothing jumps out. The only thing yeah. that jumped out was I heard like some uh, emo violence influences, which mm -hmm. is really cool. Like there's some chord progressions that were like very emo violence. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Cause like 
not a lot of like emo violence influences brought over to like this part of of emo so that's probably because they were so early ish in the yeah creation of the sound and then right after them you said knapsack and bands like that sort of took the ball yeah yeah i'd much rather listen to those bands than this one and i would compare them all together so so maybe like we're talking about america uh we're talking about texas the reason kind of similar to how we talked about christy front drive where like you oh you want to know what 90s emo is here listen to these two and then move along yeah, yeah I, would, I, I would kind yeah. of put them in the same like yeah i was when i was first getting into everything this was like one of those bands that were thrown at me a lot like people always named name dropping them and stuff like that uh telling me to listen to them especially like probably me because being of basement and uh uh title fight getting so big a lot of the older heads were like this is just texas is the reason like redone that and like which is partially true but like it just like it felt different and i like the other stuff that was going on uh around this time more and again it's not doesn't pop yeah they're kind of like the built to spill of emo to me like i just don't (laughs) care fair (laughs) (laughs) that is how i feel about built but a lot of people like them but i don't understand why i like one built to spill record i've seen them live though and gotta say i was pretty bored the entire time (laughs) that tracks (laughs) yeah so Let's why American don't we talk football? about the other big boy. Yeah. American football LP one. Everybody, uh, the world's most famous emo record. How the fuck I, I love this record. Dude, it's <laughs> it feels so cringe to be like, it's, yo, this hit this record's good. I like la- okay, I like this record before anyone else fucking did. <laughs> but yo, I've been listening to this record for almost 20 years. Um, I got into it in 2003, and like it bridged me to a lot of emo stuff, you know. They bring they bring um, the horns correctly with this, yeah. And I'll, I'll let you go before I go off on my fucking tangent. But yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, like pre this can sell us. I mean, these are just some emo fucking boys. Like they they have their hands in so many different things. And then like when this band started, like correct me if I'm wrong, but this shit flopped hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody gave a fuck. They broke up and they just like moved. They just like moved on, and somehow this just became the record and like i remember first hearing it and being like oh that's really good and then and then like everybody liked it so then i became a contrarian and was just like ugh, i don't like need that yeah and so i listened to this record for the first time like last week in like it had to be like five years and it's so good it's really good it's so yeah. good i I, 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 it's, it's you can't even really talk about it too much, right? Because it's it's great. (laughs) I, uh, this, this shit, uh, grabbed me, uh, pretty much instantly the first time I heard it when I was like, I don't know, uh, 20, like whatever. And, uh, I have, I listened back to it definitely at least once a year, uh, at least. And it's, it's, good it's good all the way through i think that although like never meant is the hit the classic hit i think that the other songs should be given uh, a little bit more respect should be put on their name because i'll they, see they're also not emotional honestly yeah Dude, honestly, honestly for sure but the mm-hmm. regrets are killing me yeah but... every song is great on it yeah um yeah for me so like i'm a big fan of uh chicago emo and like the 90s to uh early 2000s that era you know kinsella shit uh and you know you got to think about it like 
all the core members of that band started in cap and jazz right and cap and jazz is very like rugged blah 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 so they they split off you got joan of arc it's whatever it's okay but then you have this little band called the one up downstairs do you guys know of this band it's the precursor band to american football and it is taking that like chicago sound and making it more mature and it's only three it's only three songs but like there's something really special about it and then with american football they totally refined it and it sounded nothing like all of the other shit coming out it took math rock and post rock and made it easy to consume and i think people were really confused about it at first especially because of like the math stuff and the weird time signatures and it was like a little less like in your face than other things coming out around the time like owls or 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 things of that nature but uh i wrote it was ahead of its time because this album didn't pick up until the underground got a hold of it five to seven years later and then emulated the fuck out of it yeah Uh, i can't i'm like hard pressed to think of a band that like ripped off american football well yeah no one does and it's yeah. It's, it's it's a very Pinkerton story. It, yeah. it almost has the same story of being underrated, and now it's a yeah. 10 out of 10 classic. Anyways, I'm done. Yeah, the I also band- think that, like, most – I think at this point, even most math rock bands, a lot of the kids are probably getting into American football first mm-hmm. and then getting into math rock from there. Oh, for because, sure. Yeah. Like, that's how much this album has become, like, that influential. Like, the um, only band I can like, think of yeah. that kind of sounds like this. Too. It, yes. it is a meme. The only the only band I can think of that kind of sounds like them is like Joy de V, and like they have spots where like they're like maybe the closest approximation, but even still, like nothing just hits the right way, and, and nothing's yeah. even like a clear ripoff. But they clearly influenced anybody that likes emo post two thousand five. It's crazy. Yeah. So Noodle they so they on. move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my only negative. I wrote, and this is a hot take. Uh, Owls is the better band. Such a, such a contrarian thing to say. No, it's not. <laughs> I so I got into both those bands at the same time, and I always thought Owls was slept on. Yeah, I do like. And owls. I still think Owls is slept on. I don't think I've ever like explored it that much, dude. To be okay, honest. so little mini rant. Owls is sick because it's all the members of Cap and Jazz getting back together to yep. form a new band. So it's basically Cap and Jazz part, part two. two. And it's so mm. mature and it's only like six years after Cap and Jazz. So it's it's just so phenomenal. Yeah, I had them so on good. the on the list when we were trying to whittle down. They got they got the boot though from my co-host. Yeah, that's one of my <laughs> top five favorite emo records. But uh, album. Round... If we're moving on, I think one of these yeah. bands should have gotten the boot too. Well, fuck you. All right, uh, round number six. <laughs> Wait, so so we well we need a vote right? I uh, no, I thought we like, voted. Yeah, it's, it's American we football. We got it. It's I it's wouldn't even okay. American football. I think that I could have loved Texas as a reason. And I think too. American football would have moved on. Yeah, I mean I love Texas, but yeah, it's I mean, come on. Okay. Um, all right. Round, Here's another easy one. Round number six. <laughs> hey Mercedes, every every night fireworks and sunny day real estate. Diary. So, Hey Mercedes is a pretty cool band that formed after Braid broke up, and I like this record, and I think it's fine. Johnny, you're gonna turn your red light now. 
this record was the worst follow-up to frame and canvas like how do you go from frame and canvas something so by the way i saw that you guys voted that out which i fucking hate that you guys did that but well, well, um, over four minute mile dude that's where it was going against yeah i guess so yeah, but frame and canvas one. is one of the best 90s emo records and then you go from that to hey mercedes which sounds like a watered down 90s emo band and it's just like it lost all of its charm. It lost its poppy flair. It's like, it's just a worse version of Braid. It's just terrible. When like, you get tired of listening to Frame and Canvas, yeah. you put this on and, and you go, okay. <laughs> just for background noise. <laughs> yeah, and you go, dude, I literally wrote a lecture to this record. It was perfect background. I didn't get distracted once. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. because it's pretty, it's it's boring. Yes. Yeah. And it, good, the though. song's long and it, he has the least emotive voice that's true i i've ever heard well at least on this record like it it's really bland and they like try to do some like rock not rock but like pop rock element to it like i don't know when when uh when piebald came out but like kind of like piebaldy type rocking shit i don't even know how to describe it but mm-hmm. sure uh this is that but really really boring version of it <laughs> Did you guys know that? So Bob Nana is the singer of Hey Mercedes and yeah. Braid. Did you know that him and Tim Kinsella had a had a band for a short while? Because they're both from Chicago. No, what's the band? They had called? a band in 1995 called The Sky Conveyor. It's a very interesting listen. Like it's okay. a little rough, but it's interesting hearing them in a band together. Which Kinsella? Tim Kinsella. Tim. Okay. Yeah. Weird. So singer Cap and Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Sunday Real Estate Diary. Um, you guys both just want to like jerk each other let, off or something? Yeah, and I'm gonna let you go off first, bud, because I know that <laughs> this is one of your favorites. Oh, it's. I think this is this is uh like the perfect emo record. Like this is it has the entire sound going down. Uh, the fucking um like what fuck? Oh my gosh! Uh, the fucking <laughs> drums are nuts. The drums are nuts. <laughs> um and everything about this i think is really good it has like the soft parts the big loud parts that like emo should have um and i don't really know what else on top of that to say but i i i love this like i think it's i think it's uh i think they're the the band got a lot to say on this band so (laughs) jimmy fallon talk show host yeah very cringe (laughs) I, I we could all probably put the red light on him, oh, right? You know that what I'm saying. Sucks. But the one thing that he got right is Sunny Day Real Estate is his favorite band. Let's go. Um, do I like this record? Yes, I do. You want to know why I like this record? It is. It brought alternative rock and emo together. It like took that like smashing pumpkins sort of Weezer ish, like Nirvana, a little bit of grunge because they're from Seattle. It took all of that and took emo and made it into like catchy, just like bare minimum raw thing. And this record is like what I view as the turning point to like emo phase two, where people like Mm -hmm. hear this and they're like, oh shit, like we can make stuff way more melodic. Um, yeah, 
you have you have fucking bangers like in circles seven fucking there's like every single song is is phenomenal um it's it's a solid lineup the my only downside is like sometimes it gets a little bit slow but it is like it is top tier emo and like it is inventive there's a little bit of jesus in it so mm-hmm. yeah um it's my negative but my other hot take is I do love this record, but I am more of a LP2 boy. Are you really? Yeah. I and I I when I first got into Sunny Day for like years, Diary was number one. And I didn't really care for LP2. But as time progressed, LP2 is is fantastic. I I also have to agree that I like LP2 more, but it's kind of like, I don't know, like I have two dogs, you know. I love both of them, <laughs> you know. I'm not going to put one of them down and keep the other one. I like them both. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, but diary is so good um, for every reason that you guys said. And also it fits something we haven't really talked about yet when it comes to emo records. Um, they do all the fun stuff with the names of the songs that emo bands always do where like they have numbers as the names of songs. So they have 47 yeah. and 48 and then they have seven, but seven is spelled out instead of just being the number seven, which is so stupid. Um, and then they have like the seventh song is like, what is it? How the fuck do you even say that? Fort, Fortan, Squirto? Just nonsense. It's fucking gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) They're just saying dumb shit. And like emo bands, I feel like always do that. They have like silly names for their songs or just like numbers and they pointless. Um, and they're probably one of the first people to really do that too. Because like you said, they were, this was recorded in 93, came out in 94. And this was probably the best of that time that was creating that new wave yeah. of emo. And not to mention, two of the members went on to being uh, uh, Foo Fighters. Yeah, oh, and the basis and the basis is still in Foo Fighters, and I like Foo Fighters. So. America's the greatest. Foo rock Fighters band. pretty much broke up uh, Sunday Day Real Estate, didn't they? At least that's what I thought. Like I thought, uh, like no, Jeremy uh, found God, and that's what broke up them the first time and see this is why that fucking jesus is not that great i don't like him i'm not gonna go that hard because we're on youtube (laughs) did you did you guys did you guys ever play the emo game uh that was like the one that was like it was oh yeah uh, like the the video like it was like the 8-bit characters right yeah it was like a flash game yeah yeah, yeah. never played it was like a sequel so uh there is He's one of the bosses. He's like a he's like a Jesus boss. And there's a yeah. whole joke about the third album sucking and him like finding <laughs> God and shit. It's it's good. But shout outs to the emo game. Dude, that was I mean, that shit hit. Um, so I guess we'll take some votes here. Um, this is a tight one, pretty close. Uh, yep. Johnny, what do you what do you got? You know, I I'm gonna have to go with Sunny Day Real Estate. Oof. Okay. Ian. What are you? What are you? What are you going here? It's it's uh, it's close. Um, I have a lot of fondness for Hey Mercedes. Um, <laughs> I will probably definitely be listening to it a lot. <laughs> but uh, I think it's Sunny Day Real Estate. Okay, I mean I agree, but I do think Hey Mercedes is a, is fine. Um, <laughs> it's probably fine. They're okay. Yeah. All right. Round number seven. First up, Tiger's Jaw. The self-titled versus some kind of Cadwallader by Algernon Cadwallader. We're taking it to the 2010s. Oh, mm-hmm. this is heavy Tumblr.com right now. 
Um, so, Algernon Cadwalder, um, I actually found pre-getting on Tumblr.com. How exciting. Uh, found them on the old MySpace. Uh-huh. Uh, I was just cruising around looking for bands, and I actually found Tiger's Jaw and Algernon in the same week uh, cruising on MySpace because they're both like Pennsylvania bands and both played in Philly a lot, even though Tiger's Jaw, they're from like Scranton area. But yeah. I was checking out all sorts of Philly bands, and Tiger Jaw was like adjacent. So I had been listening to these two bands for the same amount of time. And both these records were out uh, when I found them. So this is, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I love so, both of these so much. Johnny, what's, do you have, what's your relationship with these records? So. I never got into Tiger's Jaw. I, I only just listened to it recently. But when I was living in New York City, uh, I was a part of a collective that booked some shows and we booked a fest and Algernon Cadwallader was one of our headliners. So I got to meet the guys. I saw them. I even paid them money. Uh, very, very nice guys. Uh, and I remember when this record came out, um, I was kind of into it. It never really clicked with me though. And I can get into my opinions on both, but yeah, those are my relations to the, to the records. Uh, so these are both tumblr.com era for, for me. I didn't get into them if it wasn't for uh, being on the internet at that time. Uh, Different I, coast. Difficult, you know? Yeah. I have fondness for both of them. Uh, deep, deep fondness although i will say that this is not my algernon record like this is uh this You're is when i get bored boy. this is when i get bored of listening to paraflies i throw on this <laughs> um and this is my tiger shot record uh this is the tiger shot record well it is the tiger shot they record, have but, more, I will, but they, they're all downhill i will say i do enjoy uh i thought charmer was fantastic that, and okay that's I, true I think that, uh, and also not quite the same, but I do put, I do like, uh, what's it called? Wicked Phase. I think Wicked Phase no, is No, Wicked pretty... Phase is absolute ass. <laughs> Wicked Phase is the worst thing that has happened to American music. Uh, you know what? Hard stance. I disagree. Hard stance. Johnny, have you ever listened to Wicked Phase, Spring Eternal? No. What is you, that? It, Oh. It's the guy from Tiger's Jaw. Like, so Tiger's Jaw is two songwriters that and two singers, and they kind of go back and forth on the records. Yeah. And so one of them left, uh, and he started a emo rap, hip hop, emo rap, uh, oh. thing. And like recently, no, like he was like he he, he kind of started on, it. He put on Lil Peep. Like he he was the guy who started Goth Boy Click. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. He's to blame. Interesting. So he and his is he he has a completely different sound than the other guys. Like while all of them are doing like they're fully resting on like trap kind of style of rapping, he is fully just being Tiger's Jaw singing over trap beats and sometimes terrible. weird samples. And it he does sucks. like. Sufferon's pretty cool. Like it's like there's a lot of acoustic guitar. It's it's interesting. Yeah, Ian's I think sitting here I, talking about how this is good, and then Johnny, and I just interject <laughs> randomly. Wow, that's terrible, man. That sounds so. That sounds like. Ass. I mean, I like I like some of the emo rap stuff. 
um but like it is a there's a fine line with it um and i can just see this going terribly um i i say give a listen i think it has uh i think it's worth a listen at least what's really Um, crazy is uh this is very very different than what we're supposed to be talking about but wikifaze put up that split with pillars of ivory recently yeah and like the pillars of ivory song hit so hard which Johnny, if you don't know Pills Survivory, it's Mind, the guy from Mind Force, and I think most of the band from Mind Force, which is like a hardcore band, and mm-hmm. then they have another guy in there like rapping over it, and it just sounds kind of like '90s hip hop, like over huh. hardcore, and it 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 kind of fucking works. Is it like rap rock? No, it's it's no, not. It's it's not new metal. It's literally just like. Did a you hardcore ever fuck band. with uh, Cold War? Yeah, it's yeah, kind of so like that. Is it, is it kind of like kinda Inside like- Out then? uh which is uh honestly, pre-rage against the machine honestly i would kind of say i i know what that i know what you mean it has it's more like um definitely uh what did i say cold war or even like what's the other band like uh i don't want to sound like an idiot so i'm not going to talk on hardcore but uh <laughs> turnstile uh, no more like uh, never mind. I'm not gonna talk about it. But E Town okay. Concrete, if you've ever heard, yeah. oh yeah, 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 that. Okay. So mm-hmm. kind of on that. Either way, it slaps. And then next to it is the Wicked Face songs, which are absolute hot ass. But Tiger's Jaw, this record is really good. And um, I got my first Tumblr URL from one of these songs. <laughs> Shout out what was a portrait in grayscale <laughs> I remember that. What's up, baby? <laughs> I must have just started following you right when fortress fortress the... of self yeah that was a quick change yeah. that was a quick change okay. that was a 2012 change because i've always known you as fortress so yeah it's because i'm built like a brick shit house um at least now i am uh <laughs> but yeah so this this tiger jaw record um i i really like um i just i'm really interested to hear what johnny has to say because yeah. i feel like this boy if you're gonna I don't know. I feel like I feel this me is and a, Connor this is have a, also this is a already talked light. about this record like yeah. for probably the last like ten years. Ten years. <laughs> so the thing, the thing about this record, it's it's nice and catchy, um, and is. there's a ton of harmonizing over like some classic emo riffs. Uh, but Ooh. I didn't like this record. Uh, there's not a lot of dynamics with the vocal melodies. It's all blah, 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 blah. It's literally that melody on every song. That's um, correct. And did a different key. And that is like the most overused, like, like modern emo vocal riff. And so that sucked. I did appreciate the harmonizing and like, how crazy it is sometimes but i will say it didn't I think they do were like, enough to push the genre for me i think they were like 15 or 16 when they made this so like really yeah they were like at at the oldest like 17 like I'm pretty and they sure. were like a like a folk punk band before yeah creating this so some of the songs are even like partially from when they were like their folk punk days yeah rewritten yeah, so it's like I give them credit for being like literal children when they did this because it stands so so well. Mm-hmm. Um but I do know exactly what you mean. And like like Ian said, Charmer, I think, is like a really good sort of expansion on it. But you do a little bit more, but Tiger Shaw does suffer from every song sounding kind of the same. 
Yeah. And I just, you know, the time that they came out, like, uh, I just, I felt like it didn't really, I felt like there were other bands doing what they're doing like better. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just feel, I feel like they weren't, they weren't doing it for me. I see, I see the appeal. I get why they're popular, but I don't think that they did anything to like push the genre. I think what helped with Tiger's jaw is they came out of the hardcore scene. And I Mm -hmm. think that because there were these hardcore, not like hardcore affiliated dudes, who are playing this music i think that that is what like kind of projected them i also didn't know they were so young when they dropped this record yeah and so that also makes sense that's impressive um very impressive so that that makes sense i will say that uh this song is the first three songs one like that's a a triple hitter for me like those three like i love uh those to this day i'll throw those on and be like in and sing along that's all i need uh, to hear from this record is the first three it, songs it goes away after that yeah. to be honest and actually chemicals i find to be one of the stupidest Abrasive. songs ever written well if we're talking about good albums yeah not good bands exactly we picked this album so yeah. that's why yeah. i was like i was like there's good stuff in here the problem yeah, is if you listen like, to all their albums, yeah. it's kind of the same. There's only there's segments of them. It's how the band yeah. hits. But they I will were say, hyper influential, I feel. In the so scene. I will say that Charmer uh is actually no, no, spin suffers from the entire record being good, but nothing being great. Which mm. the issue with uh this album is there's great and then there's bad. And so, like, I don't know what would be better or worse uh, for, like, a band to have. Is something very midline that you're hearing and just kind of comfortable the entire time? Or something that, like, is almost jarring with how stupid it is? Uh. Yeah. I mean, I'll say I saw this band. I actually saw Algernon and Tiger's Jaw at the same show um, at the Iconic Church in Philly. Um, such a Tumblr night that was. But um, <laughs> uh, when that happened... That was 2016, I want to say. This record came out in 2008. Uh, they had multiple, like probably 20 other songs come out between that day of that show when this record came out. They pretty much just played this record. Like, they, they knew what they were doing. That's all anybody yeah. wanted to hear. Um, and people went nuts. But people went way crazier for Algernon, including myself. Yeah. Your boy was shirtless slithering around Ooh. it was a time <laughs> yeah I, so let yeah go go in go. go no i was just okay. gonna say i've never saw algernon so i have i am basing algernon i've seen tiger Shaw live like multiple times same so, so I'm, I'm yeah uh so i'm gonna give my opinion on algernon now Hit it. um so i think you know like i said before Al- algernon pushes the cap and jazz formula forward uh, they do like, a, but it's more sunshine. It's more bright and mm-hmm. fast uh, and a Yo little bit milk. cleaner. Uh, yep. Your soy milk, all those. Um, it adds a little bit more dynamic to the cap and jazz sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in one way, it's cool to hear that updated, but oh. it is Kinsella-core. Wow. And when it first came out, I fucking hated it because I was just like, this is cap and jazz. Like you just ripped off cap and jazz. Like this is, and and then multiple other bands did it. And I really, the thing that I don't like about it and like why I hate noodle core is like, 
let's say cap cap and jazz is uh agent zero right and then you have how they progressed in music right and then you have like what that sound could be as it progressed in music what kinsella what the kinsella stuff turned into was is way better than like an updated cap and jazz and like that's how i compare them and so then I I hear Algernon Caldwell I hear Algernon in like 2007 2000 too many syllables I know right <laughs> and I'm just thinking like yo the fucking Kinsella music was way fucking better when they progressed and that was like eight years ago so um, while I don't like this record um, I would pick it over the Tiger's Jaw record as someone who likes both. I would also pick Algernon over Tiger's Jaw. And I will say, um, I encourage you, Johnny, to check out Dogs on Acid, which is the singer from Algernon's uh, band after Algernon broke up, which is kind of like a, a, a good progression from Algernon, where there's not really any twinkly. It's kind of just like an alt-rocky kind of band, a little surfery, I feel. And okay. it's, it's fun. It's a good time. Yeah. Sweet. Um. So we had a discussion last week, or not last week, last episode, which was two days ago, not last week, but uh, <laughs> about a band called uh, Glockamora, mm. um, which I don't know if you've listened to them, Johnny, Mm-mm. but we basically hyped them up as essentially uh, like cap and jazz, but like uh, also just like updated. And I would also say that this is the same thing. And we were hyping that as a good thing um and so it's really funny that you're coming along and you're like yeah any update of captain jazz is not very good uh (laughs) so but i it's fine it's 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 good well i think guacamole is different where it doesn't excite me algernon is just captain jazz too where guacamole took that influence and like they're a little bit more harder like it's a little bit harder nosed than algernon which is like Happy, which is the same vibe as Cap'n Jazz, which is why that the criticism is super fair. Yeah, but yeah. Algernon just like literally does the same thing. They do the like the slight talking in the background while the melody's going like blah 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 blah. blah. You know, I'm talking about crazy shit. I'm Love that Kinsella. part. Like, and it's just like it is. It is like I am sucking the the big donkey dong of Cap'n <laughs> Jazz, and like I don't care how obvious it is. It, they're basically like, what's that band that rips off Led Zeppelin? Oh, um, Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, they're the Greta Van Fleet. Don't say of this. Jazz. Don't say that. <laughs> um, have you ever listened to their second record, Paraflies? Yes, I have. It's better. It is better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fair. And I think that it. Yeah, I think that the the aspects of like Algernon, where of some kind of catawalter, that it's not. I mean, Paraflies is just so much more fun. Uh, but I will say I do like this record. And if we are talking this record over the Tiger Shot record, I'm picking Algernon. I could see it already went down on the spreadsheet. Already did. So, we don't need all three uh, votes. I, I think <laughs> it's good. I think it's fun. I It's a fun song. I mean, the motivational song. Motivational song is my favorite. Uh, if fucking up feels right, fuck it up. Fuck like, it that's, up. That's a, that's a good lyric. I really want my old head self to not get in the way of liking this record but i listened to it all the way through yesterday and today and i was like i just will never like this that's fair yeah all right here we go fellas last one we have 
Orange Rhyming Dictionary by Just Brazil, Johnny's favorite band, versus... I don't hate Just Brazil. <laughs> uh, Rights of Spring, self-titled. Um, Another insane matchup. Yeah. This is a little <laughs> this one is This one's interesting. Well, honestly, I feel... So we did random seeding for this whole list, right? So that's why mm-hmm. these matchups are as they are. This seeding feels correct. With Rights of Spring seated at number two and Jess Brazil seated at 31. If if I'm gonna go by like skill level. Um Yeah. No, it's it like they're both they're yeah. I top, would say it's both like, top thirty two, yeah. but we see the placement. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, Jess Brazil. Ian and I were talking about this record before where Ian, you you had never really listened to this record too much, right? I have very little, and I didn't like. And we discovered exp- why. <laughs> um, the first half of this record kind of sucks. Not good. Uh, B side though. B side is incredible. Uh, I would say that it like the first song kind of sucks, and I think that <laughs> that's its limitation. Uh, once you get through the record and kind of know what they're doing, it going back to it, it's better. But on first listen, especially if you're like a jawbreaker head and you throw on this, you're like, dude, what is going <laughs> what on here? Fuck? But then it turned, but then it hits seeing enemy. And then from that up there on the record, like is so good. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. like the, how it, the record ends the last two songs, I type yes. for miles into sweet Avenue. is such so good. Hits the emo vibes, right? I mean, the shit's a little long, five minutes and 33 seconds and five minutes and 16 seconds. But uh, it's good. I was listening to Scene and Me, and it's a long song, but honestly, it doesn't feel as long as it is. And I think that mm-hmm. that's Jets Brazil's biggest strength is all these songs are too long, but then when you <laughs> listen, it doesn't feel too long. Yeah. How do you feel, Johnny? So <laughs> Jets to Brazil is a natural – it feels like a natural progression to uh, – to jawbreaker and uh i like the indie dynamics that mm. were brought to the progressive emo and rock sound of jawbreaker um it's a very easy band to bridge you into emo um and this song i agree with ian it starts off a little rough and then uh, or the album starts off a little rough and then it gets pretty good there's like good songs and it's very dynamic like there's not a lot of like there is like a core sound that progressive rock thing, but like they try like different like swing things, different like stuff like that. They they incorporate a lot of different stuff from indie into this, which is nice. Um, it's not as good as uh, Dear You, in my opinion, um, but it's different and good. Yeah, it's I, yeah. Uh, well, Dear You, like I was like listening to this, and I'm like, of course, Jawbreaker is a better band. And the funniest way I like was basically thinking about Jets Brazil was like, you know what? If someone told me Jets Brazil was a better band, I wouldn't be angry. But like, that's still assuming that like Jawbreaker is the uh, more enjoyable uh, band to listen to. Um, But I will say it's really good. I also want to say that the album art is really sick. I personally hate the colors yellow and orange. So I'm not like a huge fan of it, but I don't know. I don't remember. The I just think it's like you know like this got ripped off so much within like the next like yeah like pretty much like twenty years later 
essentially like all, everyone who gets into graphic design pretty much uh gets into trying to make shit like this but like and the fact that they did it on this record it looks cool like i i like it it's intriguing it makes well, you want to listen so this is interesting because it came out in 98 but like i feel like a lot of bands were kind of doing this thing like even yeah uh Captain Jazz did this i guess so and, and joan of arc and like yeah. all of those bands i like that I don't know. Maybe I just no, like that it, kind of it shit. It is very, def- it is cool, and it's very like defining of of the generation. It I reminds me of a cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, it's kind it's of. It's not. Like, I guess <laughs> it's not unique because I'm looking at Promise Ring too. Like that's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pr- pretty much every one of their records looks the same. Maybe it was the same guy, to be honest. Um, <laughs> dude, shout out to that dude. <laughs> I think it was just like a a '90s thing because, like, you know, the '90s were kind of like a it was like an era where like we were cleaning up things, you know, and like graphic design was getting cleaned up and like, yeah. you know, yeah. our hair cuts were a little more conservative shit like that, <laughs> you know? But speaking of the nineties and then going back to the decade before the eighties, the eighties, <laughs> what a transition. <laughs> that was a great transition. That's what I'm here for, babe. I'm trying to get on TV. Uh, we got right to spring. This record is really good. <sighs> It's really it's so it's so fucking good. <laughs> yeah, like it's I you know, we've talked about this before. Ian and I aren't good at talking about music. Um and but but it good. It good. It sounds great. Um <laughs> I mean, okay, so I, I so I love 80s hardcore. That's what I got into in middle school was 80s hardcore. And I wish I would have been shown this because yeah. I think I would have loved the shit out of it if I was like given a minor threat than being like, oh, also check out Rice of Spring. And uh, like even more so than Embrace. Like this is so good. And it has like the fast parts. It has like the really dirty sounding, uh, you know, just 80s hardcore sound uh, mixed in with sometimes like Gee sounds so fucking unhinged yeah. on record like more so than he ever does in fugazi like uh what yeah, was he sounds song? fully like, nuts persistent vision is like such a sick song uh and i was i wish i listened to this more like i think that this kind of helped me listen to like really really listen to this because sometimes i throw this on and uh, uh on listen for preparing for this pod i was like damn this shit there's a reason why this shit's the classic yeah when i was listening to all these records uh i i tried to listen to them all once at least and i ended up just like listening to this one like after every other like listen like i would listen to a record and then i'd be like oh, i don't listen to rice of spring again and i just put this back on then i jumped to the next song and then it was it was hard to get away from and like there's certain like like this like the song uh, for want of is just like to me like an all time classic like emo song. Mm-hmm. It is like perfect. <laughs> it, it's like overly emotional. The it's a little aggressive, um, vaguely poetic, um, and it's just it hits. It hits so hard, and I I want Johnny to say he hates it because that'd be very funny <laughs> right now. <laughs> when you think uh you know the origins of hardcore a lot of it comes down to like dc hardcore and that's kind of like the defining sound and like 
DC Hardcore is fucking awesome because it is just like straight in your face, just like fucking anti-commercial of like what's going on. It's just like really raw and really energetic. And then you get Rites of Spring. And Rites of Spring not only takes that, but like fucking introduces a melodic version of hardcore. And I fucking love this record. Like this is, this is a capstone record because like, not only is it just like, like when you listen to it and you listen to it, like in the guise of like, everybody was just into hardcore. And then they introduced this. It is like, like leagues beyond their, their contemporaries, like minor threat and stuff like that. I love minor threat, but that when you compare this, it was only a couple years later, like the things that they were thinking of with the melodic structures and like, how like edge of the world feeling it is sometimes and like edge of like raw feels like this is it this is ground zero for like the birth of modern emo and everything as we know it too like because every genre birth from this you got fucking emo violence you got you know emo as it was like in the 80s transforming into you know your more melodic emo in the 90s like this band if they hadn't done what they've done who knows what would have happened to music? Like this is one of the most important records and it's fucking catchy. It's really good. So. Yeah. It also makes sense why like, uh, like listening to it, I'm like, Oh, it makes sense why screamo became screamo. Like, like, like if we're talking like scram screamo and stuff like that, like yeah. this is what, this is what people were trying this to get is back the to the blueprint. Yeah. Like this is what they're yeah. pulling from. That's why that shit is like, they, it's, it's really, really good this is patient zero of every emo subgenre screamo emo all of it like you can that like visceral emo feel that is like distinctive distinctively emo the emotional feel of it all comes back to rights of spring yeah but it also like sounds really of the time and i think that's really cool too because it does sound like it's from the 80s and it's not like and but i like you could like you could throw this on a set of like uh if you were doing like an 80s hardcore bands like just like especially out of dc and it would be like different but it doesn't sound like they were like complete like like poo-pooing the old stuff like they it was taking it and then like launching it into other things and and especially adding the melodicism um like especially musically but still having like anger uh pretty pretty present they saw hardcore music right and they're like cool like let's progress it a little bit and like yeah they accidentally made a fucking genre you know that's (laughs) what happened that's why it's like that's why it's so fucking like forward thinking for when it came out it's it's just it's cool what's crazy is that like when you when you think back of hardcore and just like punk in general of like a like a person like a mascot right you think of like henry rollins and like ian mckay as like the two like heads and then when you Mm -hmm. think back of like emo um, like I always fuck up. Is it guy or gee? It's gee, right? Gee, gee. Yeah. Like, I feel like he should get more credit in terms of being like the real godfather of emo. Like Imakai too, to an extent, because of Embrace and, and Fugazi. And Fugazi. Um, and I know we're assholes for not putting Fugazi on this list, but that but we put Embrace and Rights of Spring. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would. I like Rights of Spring more than Fugazi. So. Same. Um, and so like wow hot takes i love fugazi i i i i, I think fugazi's not emo like it's i think it's different Same. they're I, 
No, I think they're, it's they're, emo. It's early emo. It's right it, in there. I yeah, I guess so. I, Fugazi's real good. Uh, <laughs> Fugazi's we're great. not talking yeah. about Fugazi. No. <laughs> what like, I'm saying is like, like Ema Kai yeah. could be on the Mount Rushmore of hardcore and emo, and like Gee's Gee's on there too. Like he has to be, and I feel like he doesn't get enough recognition. Um, for whatever reason, he got a cool name. That picture of him hanging out of a basketball hoop. Like, come on, he needs more recognition, people. Well, you know, the thing with emo is it it went to a place where it became more palatable, right? Yeah. But like, this is you not know, for it. yeah for people <laughs> like us, we appreciate like all harder genres, not just emo or stuff like that. We're also you know we're into hardcore, power violence, you know, death metal, all that shit, you know. And so when we listen to this, like it's easy for us to get into it because it's actually an easier listen to some than some of these other harder stuff. Yeah. But like, you know, for the general public, when you're like, Oh yeah, you like Thursday or, or taking back Sunday. And you want to go to this, like we were, when we were young fest, like, <laughs> yo, check out rights of spring who like started the emo genre. And they listen, they'd listen to that and be like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is this? Like, this is Garbo. I remember when I first got into emo and I listened to rights of spring for the first time, I did not like them but I didn't understand it, you know? Yeah, I agree. And good thing we're not uh, going think, for the it, most palatable record. Uh, it took it took me, it honestly took me a while for this to, like coming from being like, oh, like I fucking really like Sunny Day Real Estate and then going back and listening to this and being like, oh, this is kind of like not what I wanted, but like listening to it now and having it be like just... I don't know, for some reason in the context, I was just like, listen to it as an 80s hardcore record too. And I was like, dude, this is, this would have been so cool. And it also, I'm reading the uh, copy pasta again and uh, <laughs> maybe they're kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> and like, one thing about this record too, is I feel like a lot, like the joke of emo, right? Is that it's like angry teenagers, but rights of spring, I feel like to me, sounds distinctly like an angry 20 year old yeah like like you're out of high school so you do have to be a little bit older to appreciate it and so like in the times when we were all first discovering emo and like all that shit like we were teenagers and so like this not hitting off the bat i feel like makes sense so after like developing a taste for hardcore and you know scrams and screamo and all that sort of shit and then going back to it was when i was like oh yeah okay yeah, that guy that yelled at me on yeah. MySpace one time was correct. And maybe maybe Fugazi's more post-hardcore. Like I, that's the, that's my argument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, uh post-hardcore and emo Same shit. were like close brothers, you know? Yeah. It's like Irish twins. So, I think I think yeah. even the even a lot of the the fake emo bands are actually more they actually have a lot of post-hardcore in them. Like that's like yeah. like I would say that like Thursday uh, is like a, they're a post hardcore band and they could easily yeah. be said that they're an emo band or a screamo band. Um, and even let's go weirder with like the used, like the, the used fail. is the used is a post hardcore band. Uh, they're definitely pulling from a lot more like mainstream rock at times. But yeah. I think that like even their early stuff, it has a lot of like uh, jammy sort of post hardcore parts that first yeah. used record kind of fucking hits i'm just saying oh, no, that's good it's good Taste of ink? come on babe yeah i mean that's why i was like trying to champion at the drive-in because like it mm -hmm. does have a post hardcore sound but yeah. like it's it 
it's post-hardcore and emo. So it just sounds like fucking emo to me, you know, and, and it's not like your typical sad emo, I which just is kind of like more what we affiliate emo with, but maybe like we emo is more dynamic than that. Yeah. Maybe we should put that in instead of Hey Mercedes. Mm, some would argue yeah. this, some would not. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're taking a vote, fellas, um, we got just Brazil versus rights of spring here. What are we doing? Sorry, it's the spring for me. It's it's right to spring. This was going to be Big tough for time. Me. Um, it, but and I was kind of stressing over it like earlier today. I was kind of listening to back and forth and stressing, but then I was just like, it's it's got to be right to spring. Like that's yeah. There, it, this is. It is what it is. is. The record. Damn. Yeah, and it's not just us being those guys that are like, well, right to spring is the first thing. It's like it. No, it really is like a fucking it is good album. Like yeah. when you, and it, yeah, and like Ian, what you're saying before, man, where it's like you went into it like trying to find more sunny day stuff, so you didn't understand it. But then when you went into it, like going from like a minor threat mindset into Rites of Spring, you see the progression. You're like, oh shit, it's yeah. this. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I would, if, if any one of our listeners has never listened to it, oh, hit it. Right fucking now, baby. Honestly, put on this record and then listen to the Embrace record too together. Like, yeah. they flow together so well. And then while you're at it, put on One Last Wish. One this Last is Wish one is really well, good. Yeah, yeah listen I, to all uh, three of those records together and you'll be like, yo, this emo shit pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Embrace. They didn't make a, they didn't make it last round, huh? No, they did not make it. Who, who'd well, they who lose they to? Who they up against? It was a tight one, I think, if I remember correctly. I think I voted for Embrace on that one. Uh, they were up against Title Fight Floral Green. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Floral Green is a is a classic all-timer record. I got the pennant for it right here. Um, <laughs> we actually pulled an audible on that one. It was shed at first. But but anyways, we just did this. We got this top eight. Let's, let's run down the list real quick for our, the next step. We have Knapsack. This conversation is ending starting now versus tell all your friends by taking back Sunday. That's interesting. Kind of the same vibe of emo and a little precursor, one little after. Then we have, I wish I could stay here by basement versus the ugly organ by cursive to make that a fair one. I'm going to have to listen to that cursive record again. Cause yeah, listen to, uh, <laughs> uh, domestica domestica first. Yeah. I don't know. Why I keep forgetting that name. Old I'm going to listen to it when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> then we got LP1 by American Football versus Diary by Sunday Day Real Estate. That's oh. This is the big heavy hitter. Uh, That's a crazy one. one. Yeah, I don't. I don't. That's, we can't, we can't get into that you. now. That honestly probably could have been the last round, and I wouldn't have been offended. I... <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's... that one. You're gonna have to do like some fucking math formulas for that one. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you're not gonna be able to just like think of that in your head. I'm gonna ask like someone who like has never listened to emo to listen to both of those. And Should we ask our moms? Think. I'm either I'm gonna ask her. We can ask our moms, and then also ask like a jazz musician. See what they <laughs> see. See how they feel. About you should ask. No, what you need to do, you should find a younger music head that is into like good music, but has never explored these two bands. Dude, my friend just led a, a school of rock battle the bands for like 13 year olds learning punk music. I think I should get his students to to weigh in on this. Shout out to James, former uh, guest of the pod. Young. Baby. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one we have some kind of Cadwilder by Algernon Cadwilder versus Rice of Spring by Rice of Spring. Are we are we gonna <laughs> read the entire up? list? Or are <laughs> we gonna should we read the entire list going all the way? Oh yeah, sure, why not? Let's let's go back up to just in case uh for anybody else uh prior to last this episode jimmy world clarity versus the promise rings nothing feels good that's oh, a wow. hard one too yeah jesus those are very similar records yeah mm-hmm. um then we have floral, floral green by title fight versus 10 songs by i hate myself personally difficult yeah. johnny did you ever listen to title fight too much or is that not so much right that's my time um but i did listen to i hate myself a lot dude hey i hate classic, myself classic 90s record <laughs> yeah and that that's like melodic emo but it's dark it's good shit um yeah. it's all it's borderline some screamo i once heard someone say it's a screamo band not an emo band when i asked if they like screamo they're like i don't like screamo but i like i hate myself um I'm like, I okay a, i think it's a true emo <laughs> record um it's, yeah like if someone told me uh, it was screamo i'm not gonna bother arguing them about it but i won't i won't be mad it, it's definitely proto screamo yeah and then we have I Could Do Whatever If I Wanted by Snowing versus Four Minute Mile by the Get Up Kids. Um, and then Home Like No Place Is There by the Hotelier versus Just Married by Glockamora. It's interesting how we have like... Uh, the eras lining up? The eras kind of lining up. Like the Jimmy World versus Promise Ring. And mm-hmm. then we have the Hotelier versus like Glockamora. Like that's kind of like the 2010s yeah. things. Then we have the 90s going on. It's crazy. Dude, shit's crazy. Um, emo music's pretty good. Uh, Johnny, I want to thank you again for coming back on. Our second uh, returning guest. Um, do you got anything to plug? Um, I hope that you do this for uh, Scrams one day, Real Screamo, <laughs> because like, I am yeah, super to. educated on that shit. Like, way too much. But, Maybe we need uh, to do, do a have round table. I think that would be fun. I also think Rights of Spring would be back on that list. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these would be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what do I have to plug? Um, I made a UVM video. <laughs> I highly suggest everybody go watch uh, Johnny's video on the University of Vermont. Yeah. So, like, you know, you guys know me. Maybe you don't. But uh, I do. Uh, I do crazy political videos on my hometown. It's basically like Tim and Eric meets uh, John Oliver. And I just did my year end video and it's a super episode because usually I do like five to five to 10 minute episodes, but this one is 40 minutes long. And I do a lot of things that I've always wanted to do with it. And it shows like my skills on crack, like what, what I can do. And I'm really, really proud of it. I have 14 different guest stars on it, uh, and I'm really proud of it. So, uh, yeah, I would just plug plug that video. It's the magnum opus of, like, YouTube poop versus political commentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty it's, perfect. It's ridiculous. And there's a little <laughs> bit of sitcom in there. There's a little bit of Tim and Eric, a little bit of Adult Swim. It's good. It's great stuff. Um, Johnny, thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you so much. This has oh, been- I always appreciate it. The Super Bowl of Emo, part 2.5. Go fuck yourself. Soft dude, good new. Need two packs in the mouth, though. Winston's all blue. My dad needs his damn show.